Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we love you and thank you and praise you for all of the ways that you take care of us and you bless us. Lord, I ask that you would give us grace and mercy. I ask that you would give us insight and wisdom that we would know how it is you are asking us to follow you today. And so, Lord, I ask for the gift of clarity regarding hearing your voice. And Lord, I'm asking for the grace of being open to follow whatever it is you ask of us. Lord, give us that grace to say yes in advance to even knowing what it is you ask. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so at the beginning of the program, I mentioned a new series. So as you know, on Mondays, I have priests on with me, which I enjoy so much, giving you a chance to be able to hear from them in a, in a living conversation. On Fridays, Carrie is on with me, and we talk about faith and family. Well, one of the things that um, Carrie and I have noticed over the course of the last few years is that lots and lots of folks are discerning how it is they are to find a refuge. I, I talk about it as finding your Egypt. Lord, where are you going to rescue us well, really, rescue the child Jesus, the baby Jesus that is in our hands from the slaughter. Well, today on Sound Insight, we launch into that by reaching out to couples who have walked a similar path in the past couple of years, um, watching things unfold in this world, attempting to get a sense of, Lord, what are you asking of us? Where, where would you have us go? What would you have us do? And uh, just to say in advance, this is not going to be an opportunity to always interview couples who made a decision to move, but all uh, to move away. But all of the couples that we're going to interview will have made a decision to take significant action, to uproot themselves from the things they were doing in order to live in a more intentional, dedicated way of life. In so many ways, what we're talking about is theologically what is referred to as a movement. A movement is where the Holy Spirit stirs in an age the, his, God's holy people to be able to act in ways that aren't just ordinary, aren't just with the typical ways of living your faith, that more is required in order to live the call of the moment. And I believe we're in one of those moments. So today I want to uh, introduce you to Thomas and Christina Yep, and my wife Carrie as well. And we have this wonderful interview that we'll uh, have during the course of this program. So I hope and pray that you will be blessed by the conversation itself and that it might sow seeds in your mind and heart as you're thinking about and praying about, Lord, what would you have me do? For here I am, Lord, I'm your servant and I've come to do your will. All right, without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Well, good morning. Welcome to the program. Uh, I'm Tom Kern, and I'm joined by my wife all the way over there. Hi, dear. Hi, honey. Yeah, this is our inaugural video in our new studio setup. I'm pretty excited. Even though it's underway, What I feel like we've come a long way. Well, we've got Thomas and Christina Yep here in between us, and you have to go. I guess you kind of have to nod, don't you? Yes, we yes, do. Yes. yes. Did you guys know this was the inaugural? No, I did. No. It's going to go amazing. Okay, bring out the champagne. Well, I, I have prayed a couple times on on Facebook, but yes. not with this kind of studio mm -hmm. setup here. So. I'm thrilled to have you guys here. Thanks so much for taking time to We're be with us. We're very happy as well. to be here. So Carrie and I have felt this call to produce a series of interviews that I think, we're, guess we're calling it the Benedict Option Lived. 
Mm -hmm. The Benedict Option, Mm -hmm. Rod Dreher wrote this book. It was Mm -hmm. kind of a collection of blogs and some other writings around the importance of having intentionality in living your faith, gathering together with others, even if that meant coming away from others like St. Benedict. Mm -hmm. And in the spirit of Pope Benedict, who says, we're approaching a time of springtime in Christianity, but before we get there, we've got to go through the winter. Right. And the winter is going to be a time of diminishment where what he refers to as islands of Christianity will be present where people live a more intense form of faith together. And out of that intense intentional living of faith will be a blossoming of missionary activity, even as the numbers in the church diminish. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a kind of intense uh, introduction. It is. Yes. <laughs> but can you relate to that at all? Yes. Oh. We really can. That's what we're seeing as well. Yeah. So Carrie and I, we've had a chance to tell our story over the course of three years, and we've found that it resonates deeply that so many Catholics who strive to live their faith and raise their families in faith, especially if they have teenagers. I think that's almost a key. Mm-hmm. Yes. That if they have their teenagers, they're seeing the point of contact between the culture of today mm-hmm. and their families' lives. Mm-hmm. And I would say grandparents wished they would have done something yes. differently mm-hmm. as they see their their children and their grandchildren falling away from the faith. And we've heard that, you know, as they've looked back, oh wow, why didn't how how did this happen? What should we have done differently? So I think we've been talking about this for a few years now, that there needs to be more uh, intentionality. Well, and when I would hear that kind of comment, say 15 years ago, grandparents coming to me, raised my kids 12 years in Catholic school, four years of Catholic college, and now they're in their 20s and they're not practicing their faith or raising their grandchildren mm-hmm. in the in the faith of the church. And it was such a pain in their hearts. And their question was, how did this happen? I kind of blame them. Right. And the interesting thing in the last few years, I've seen more and more notable, uh, I would say famous Catholic speakers that are older, that are more our age, saying similar things that mm-hmm. our kids and our grandkids, and you can hear this just pain. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just the ordinary Catholic, it's mm-hmm. prominent Catholics that really have a great intellectual and, and charismatic gifting. And it seems that it's, mm-hmm. it's no one is um, immune. Like immune to it. And, right. Yeah. So one of the ways that I like to talk about this is that Every family that strives to be a holy family is going to face that moment where they have to make a flight into Egypt. Mm. So everyone needs to find a place of refuge that is chosen specifically to preserve the baby Jesuses entrusted to them, their children. Mm -hmm. And so whatever that place of refuge looks like, if it's something that happens in place or if it actually means, like in the case of our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, and the child Jesus, an uprooting and a fleeing to an entirely different country, mm-hmm. an entirely different place that they wouldn't choose, but they had to do. Mm-hmm. That That's a call today for many, many families to find a place of refuge. So Thomas and Christina, tell us a bit about your story, because... We just met you here just recently, a a few months ago, and come to find out, you sought a place of refuge. We really did. We were living in California. We're not from there originally. I'm from Eastern Canada. And Thomas, you're from from Chicago. Chicago. Cool Chicago. Um, We spent about five years in Los Angeles, and they were beautiful years. I know that we've shared this with you before, but one of our 
one of our, when we were leaving, we were reflecting back on our time in Los Angeles and we didn't want to look at it because God blesses everything with such um, intentionality for our lives since we've been pursuing him for so long. We knew that period of our life was intentional in his mind and we were happy there, but there are reasons why we left, which we'll get into. But one of the, the phrases from scripture that really kind of arced over our whole transition here was God wants to move our family from glory to glory. It's from Corinthians. And that gave us a lot of consolation because as we're meeting more and more people like you who are just moving, they're dropping they have some of them have like deep roots already and they're having to uproot their entire lives, leave family, leave jobs because they've heard the word of God that just says, this is not for your family anymore. My anointing has gone off of this place for your family. And it's like that flight that you just described, yes. go to Egypt, yes. go somewhere else. Yes. And then there are those who have never quite found a way to plant the roots ever. And they're still searching. And those people are also having to step out in bravery and say, again, I have to move again. And so for us, that that was where we were at. We had never, we had had some roots in Chicago, but we hadn't found that we were feeling like no nomads, where we just felt like our hearts are for the mission and building the kingdom. And we're just going to go again. And so it was almost very humbling for us to think we love California. We moved here for reasons. We know God led us. But now we have to go again. It's embarrassing. It's like, well, I love what you're talking about. Turn poorly, you know. <laughs> well, or are you docile, right? Like, so, that's a beautiful yeah, thing. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And St. John Paul II says in Mission of the Redeemer, I know you guys are all going to go here, but I'll yeah, just no, go. No, 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 yes, I was going to pull out my yes, yes. The first attribute of someone who would go forth on mission, think about it. The first attribute required in the spirituality of a missionary it's not courage it's not boldness to proclaim it's radical availability to the holy spirit it's docility he says that a missionary needs to be completely docile to the holy spirit Mm -hmm. because if we're not available willing and ready to be led yes then we're not going to bear the fruit that god has for us yes so i and christina what you said was for some, for our family, right. for yes. some, it meant uprooting yes. and moving. Right. Yes. So, Thomas, what was that like for you in the midst of all of this? You're the husband, you're the father, you're just trying to discern and provide yes. and protect and lead, yes. and all of a sudden it's uproot mm-hmm. and move. As you were talking uh, at the very beginning of this interview, uh, God brought to mind the, the story of Abraham, which was very instrumental for me mm-hmm. when we first moved out to L.A., Right, that God kept speaking over us that I will show you a land and just follow me. Right. And I think that that we have this deep tradition in the patriarchs of our faith, of our Judeo-Christian heritage, of these men and women that did exactly that, that radical availability. And you just see kind of the promises of God unrolling and un or being fulfilled through their yes. So I think that there was a lot of that, right? There's of course a lot of humanity also involved. And when you were ready to jump versus when I was ready to jump, you know, God worked even in that, right? Mm-hmm. Her radical availability definitely outshone mine, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I think God worked even in spite Monica of that. Monica. Yes. So, yes, you do, have, you do have to discern that really well, right? As husband, as father, as provider, right? How do you do that, right? And do you find new jobs, new career paths? And some of that also is, some, is something that God says, I'm going to work that out, mm-hmm as you work this out as well, right? Which so did you, 
So uh, was there a precipitating event? Was there something that yeah. happened or was it like a dawning uh, that uh, made you stop and say, you know what, we need to seek a refuge? I think it was a combination because there were several things that happened all in a row, but over the course of a couple of years. Yes. When we founded our businesses in California, we left the job that we were with then and then found and by the, way, the House of Royals is what we're talking about. And so, folks, we're going to encourage you to go to houseofroyals.com. Um, yeah, houseofroyals.com, houseofroyals.com, and you're going to see some amazing, beautiful luxury products that are meant to display your Catholic atmosphere in your Catholic home. Mm -hmm. So let's yes. go. we're going to come back to House of Royals, though, but go. Right. So at that time, we left the business that we were with, and we founded our own company, which is House of Royals. Thank you for that description. It's beautiful. And when that happened, uh, someone reached out to us and said, I've seen your presence online. Uh, through Instagram. And she said, I have an idea for a design I'd like to run by you. And so we connected with her. But when we were talking with her, we started to say some of the obstacles that we've been encountering. And she said, it sounds like you need some prayer more than my designs. Can my team, I have a whole prayer team, can we pray with you? And at that time, we were encountering such resistance Opposition. that we were we were open at we were hungry for god right we were we said anything you can well, what did opposition look like oh that's a good question we had we like was it interior was it from your business that we had been with before so there were just it was like so many things went wrong yes all the time and so i actually what i said to her in that conversation was it's almost as if we're cursed. And as soon as I said that, that's when she said, you probably are. Somebody probably is out there seeing what you're doing and has deliberately focused and targeted you. And that's when she said, that is so amazing. You? Carrie, in all the things that we've gone through in all of the years, I don't think we've ever had that sense of saying mm -hmm. somebody has literally put a curse on us. Right. Can you think of something like that? Like a no, not to that extent. Uh, but I do know that that is something that people definitely encounter. And I just yeah. want to say, I love your spirituality. I don't know a lot about your background, but I just love that one, we're quoting scripture, two, we're talking about spiritual battle, three, right. <laughs> to blessing is just to see the high quality of Catholic in Christians that the Lord is bringing over to the Coeur d'Alene Spokane corridor. And, yeah. and you are um, some of many, and it's just so like awesome. I don't know. It's just so refreshing. To it's hear a gift. Thank you. Well, you think of iron shop and iron, right? Yes. right? We go deeper together. Yes. yes. That we go so deeper true. together. That's that one so of the insights in our Catholic tradition is that certain saints weren't able to go as far or as deep deeply as they could into the holiness that was theirs because they didn't have spiritual direction. Yeah. They didn't have a community around them. Right. So there wasn't that sense of we will conquer this hill together. Yes. Right. So yes. that's, that's a, I think that might be one of the reasons why the Lord is saying, I'm going to bring together those who are willing to go the extra mile, yes. right. To yes. press further and deeper. Which has been an amazing experience for us as we've come here and gotten to know people. How did you end up here? How did you end up here? So she prayed with us. We were really looking for, you know, for any type of spiritual 
possession or curse over us either, right? And uh, in fact, we're entrepreneurs, right? You know that hardship can can come with entrepreneurship and you just kind of say can come or absolutely will. (laughs) And so we were just overcoming obstacle after obstacle and just padding away. And her team prayed with us. And what that did is that sent us on a trajectory Mm -hmm. of healing and of release in God, of coming to an even deeper and understanding of his love for us and how he was moving in us, right? And awareness of the supernatural battles that we were having to face that we may or may not have become aware of on our own. And within that, of course, our oldest child, our oldest daughter, Isabella, is 13 years old. At that point in our family life, that's when you really start to need external community that is going to cement the values which you are speaking of and trying to instill at the home, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And so those are the things that then predicated the choice to look elsewhere. And the release brought us a freedom, freedom. which then gave us a vision. It was almost like uh, we had new eyes that God had placed, like the the eyes of our heart. And we looked around at our environment and kind of became aware of how toxic it was, where we hadn't even realized what it had become for our family. Yes. And so it was, it was like this awakening of just, wow, we could walk out of here in freedom and things could be different for us. We don't have to do this anymore. Right. That's so powerful. Uh, the, the word that comes to my mind is restoration. Yes. That um, when we are bound up, even when we're not aware yes. of it, mm-hmm. there's a way in which we have not accessing freedom, yes. joy, yes. Yes. life, yeah. like a sense of refreshment, all of <laughs> yes. this, the, so much of the goodness of God yes. is lost sight of. We literally yes. don't realize. We yes. don't see it. Yes. And so I just I want to encourage folks that uh, so that there are many that are laboring under a cloud yes. or in a kind of bondage. That sounds like a strong word, a kind of mm-hmm. like a spiritual being locked up. And we don't even realize it until we are set free, yes. until we're set free. There's a book, um, Healing Prayer, uh, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. I don't know yes. if you're familiar with yes. that. Have it. Yes. We use it yeah. for, for a time. But for a time, I our like our trauma was so intense mm-hmm. that I prayed the entire book every day. Wow. wow. Every single prayer. It took it took a couple of hours. Yes. Right. But there was that strong sense of I am on the front line of a battle against the powers of darkness, and I have to up my game right. yes. in standing to pray for the freedom. From spiritual attacks coming against my family. Right. Yes. It was intense. So that, that book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity, it's by Census Traditionis uh, Press. Um, it, Father Chad Ripperger uh, isn't really identified as the author, but he's the one who I think collected prayer those prayers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so he's an exorcist and and all of that. So um, so this is all intense. Let's 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 trace back a little bit. I want to hear a little bit about you have this very committed spirituality rooted in our Catholic faith mm-hmm. and it led you here. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Especially it came from Eastern Canada and came from Chicago. Yes. But let's hear a little bit more about your story of faith in, in your family growing up. 
Well, you mentioned the concept of being a holy family. Uh, I come from a family of eight children. Uh, there were also several miscarriages. What number were you? I was number four. And my parents, actually, they always set this trajectory. If they, there was anything that they did amazing for us was to set this vision of to be a family of saints. And so many times, my really? mom would motivate us. Oh, that's so our last name is Yep, and they actually used to do the the whole H or W H O L E whole Y family, the Holy Family, right? And and they walked that out. Whether it was participating in RCIA and formation of RCIA um, candidates in in their parish life, or whether it was participating in the charismatic movements or some of the ecclesiastical movements ecclesial movements of the church, sorry, uh, they were dedicated above everything else. And one of the things that they also did with us was things like the family rosary, which many, many people can talk about, but also one tradition that they really cemented in me was this concept of Eucharistic adoration. They helped build the Eucharistic, Eucharistic adoration chapel. And then they brought us through the night, right? The, sometimes they would sign up at 3 a.m. and not everybody would show up, right? Uh, and at various stages in our life, but that really became an anchor, right? That then um, God helped to kind of carry through, uh, through into our family life, right? Into our. All right, I need to hear about your family rosaries yeah. because it's a spirit. It feels like the, our family rosary can be a spiritual battle. Yes. And so, don't tell me you guys are on your knees chanting in Latin. Oh my God! The whole no. rosary. Okay. No, so. no. 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 Definitely not. And even today, when we do our family rosary with our kids. I mean, it's like a wrestling match, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get them to focus, and you're like, really? Why is that pillow so interesting right now? Right? <laughs> it's like Eucharistic adoration with a family. I think I've spent more time at the back of chapels trying to point out what a brick looks like to a little baby in my in my yeah, arms, trying to get them interested about the brick or the little like statuary Same without getting them to no. tip it over and crash, right? And that's... I feel like it's actually been very healing for us, right? To realize, well, that's what God says when he says, bring the children. But there's me, something right? about the rosary that it's like a background hum of your life. So even yes. if you're not that, some that you know, unique child that's just so saintly and just wants to get up at the crack of dawn to pray rosaries, if you're the Does one... Does that child exist? Yeah. Apparently they do. Yes. It's more like a lifeline for those of us that, that struggle, you know, like almost like a yes. rope. Of, yes. Keep... keep Keep coming to yeah. Yes. 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 I'm the dad. Yes. Don't forget me. Yes. Get to heaven. Yes. Yes. I mean, we would do rosaries in the car. We would sometimes walk outside, take a hike while we did the rosary. Like there are ways to do the rosary that help with the concept of the of the rote habitual prayer that don't make it so difficult. Like sit still and pray and close your eyes and try to you know dialogue. There's obviously a time for that, right? But okay, so you grew up in a very Catholic home, yes. and and it was something that you were able to flow into. Yes. Okay. Okay, Christine, God. what about you? I had a actually pretty similar upbringing to Tom. No, just so you did a better one. <laughs> yes. The, um, my family in Prince Edward Island, Canada, would have been considered the spiritual diaspora, you know, like like just a more rural area. And at the same time, there was a deep faith rooted in the community. It was mostly, by the time my family, um, my parents were having us children, um, it was mostly cultural. So what I witnessed was a little less of like he had the, the traditional Catholic school upbringing. You had solid friends that would have been practicing, whereas a lot of the peer group that I grew up with was not as um, like they didn't it didn't take root. It was we go to church and then we mostly play hockey. That was 
where I'm from. Did you play <laughs> hockey too? Uh, my family did. I, yeah. I can play hockey, but the joke is that it's the Canadian religion, right? So that is what happened is Sunday mornings. There were So I grew up in this environment. My parents pulled me out for a while from school to homeschool me for three years to see if that would help. But then as a social person living in the country, that was really hard on my temperament. So they were actually advised by a spiritual director, go ahead and send her back, even though the battles might be greater in terms of like what's going to come at her. It's worse the detriment that's happening to her being, you know, isolated in this by herself trying to thrive. Carrie, did you hear that? Her parents had a spiritual director. I just love <laughs> how articulate you are. You should be on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> wow, spiritual director. Yes. That's amazing. We're talking with Thomas and Christina Yep today, and you're going to learn about House of Royals, HouseofRoyals.com. But we're hearing their story and and gleaning some insights around what's it take to discern a call and follow that call, come what may. And it's yeah. it's easier when we're single and when we're young, but then we get married, we have kids and it gets more complicated and difficult. The kids get older, it's even more complicated. So the reason why we have Thomas and Christina on today and then we're doing this video, if you're watching the video form, is we wanna be an encouragement to you because we know we're living in a time that is hard and it's gonna get harder. And we want to be able to provide you with sources of support, encouragement, and even a little bit of accountability around what your call is and how you can respond to it. So your parents have a spiritual director. Yeah, and they, they did. Just, that is... They did. My parents chased after God, anything that they could do. And living in, in a different place where they didn't have... Your parents chased after God. They what did, did that his look like? Will, his will for them. We were that crazy family that everybody's going to Florida in March for a vacation. And our family is planning a pilgrimage. Right. Nice. And it was like, we can go see family on the West Coast and then we'll travel down to some monastery or some retreat center or we're going to summer camp. But it's definitely going to have a religious dimension yes. to it. Like there was nothing in our life that wasn't permeated with something of I discerned God's will. And, you know, even funding those types of things, my dad was a contractor and then got into business or not business development, home development later on, um, property management and development. But at the time he was building houses and it was like, okay, when I first started out, I don't have the money to bring my entire troop of five children on this big pilgrimage. Okay, what piece of equipment can I sell? Will a sale go through on a house or will I get like amazing contract? And every time something would happen and he, and the money would be there and we'd all go. So as a kid, I'm the oldest of five. I was watching my parents have conversations. There were lots of normal family fighting and bickering. And, but I was watching them at a whole other level, like have these conversations about what is God's will for our family? What is your vocation in life? Let's follow that. Let's do that. There were areas I struggled a lot. Um, I, I've shared this with you before, but some of the conflict was I would go to school in the education system in the public school. I wasn't surrounded by people who shared my values, and that was very painful. So I would go from this wholesome little bubble, and which wasn't itself perfect, but at least was like nur nurturing. And then I would go out into this group of friends, and they were very different from me. And so it's like trying to be this chameleon, eventually I would get worn down among all this peer group and I would start taking on the behaviors that they did, which then in turn made me feel guilty because over here I know better. So things like, I'll give you a specific example. Everybody was swearing. 
everybody. And I held on for probably six months in like sixth grade. And eventually I was like, I just got to swear too, because they would say, oh, Christina, you're not, you're so weird and you're so religious and you go to church. And that's so hard for a kid. So when we're deciding some of these options for our family life, we think to ourselves, like that was all my parents had. And so they were equipping me. I would confide in them I'm struggling with this. And then they would reinforce me with, here's how we can pray against this. Let's find you a good friend over here. We were always looking for friends, but if we can do better, I feel like yeah. our generation of, of parents that they tried to set us up, like they broke alcoholism off of their generation, right? My mom came from nothing and she completely obliterated the generational curse there. And she set us up to do even better. So she wants for her grandchildren that we would take what she's empowered us to do and put them in an environment yes. that maybe they don't even have to deal with that. Of course, they're going to face it. And I'm not even saying that's the worst thing that's out there. It's, it's obviously not. But for me as a little Catholic girl who's trying to practice my faith and I'm like 10 years old and people are mocking me on a constant basis, it is very hard to resist. Mm -hmm. So eventually in high school, I started to just, I never lost my faith. That made sense to me, but I lost things like morality, right? I started to look for love in places to fill up my heart that just felt so like I've been fighting for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. That's Thomas and Christina Yep with us today. And they're telling their story as part of this new series on the Benedict Option Lived. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. That's Thomas and Christina Yep with us today, and they're telling their story as part of this new series on the Benedict Option Lived. We live in a moment where if you aren't willing to do the extraordinary, your kids will lack ordinary faith. And that's a strong way of saying it, but it takes extraordinary effort to yield ordinary faith. Yes. Yeah. And really, is there any ordinary faith? Because we're all called to be saints. So here you are, you couple, and uh, you're living these lives and you're growing up. How did you meet and how did that end up to uh, lead into marriage? Thank God for our faith because my parents persevered and yours did as yes. well yes. in trying to search after the types of programs that would reinforce what they were and equip us, equip me for my difficult situation Yes. And equip you for whatever trajectory you had in life. Yes. One of those organizations overlapped our families. Yes. So we um, we were discovered uh, by an order of priests that was very faithful at the time that was really doing a lot for the church. And we had come from this background in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And we were looking for something that would help us to go deeper. And so... Uh, one of the first things that they did was they invited myself as the middle child and my younger brother on a retreat at the age of uh, 10 and 12, right? I went, my younger brother didn't, and it was the most awkward thing in the world, right? Being on a retreat and a weekend with, I, where I didn't know anybody, but that was a really a tipping point because 
my parents were so convicted that we needed to have these external activities that they started sending me on these retreats on a regular basis, right? And from there, we ended up in pilgrimages to places like Rome and to Lourdes and things that really, like you said, cemented our faith. And so- so it was with an order of priests called the Legionaries of Christ, and they had a um, a lay movement called the Regan Christie Movement. And at that time, John Paul was pontiff, and he was raising, cooperating with the Holy Spirit, who was raising up all of these different types of ecclesial movements. He was recognizing the the work of the Holy Spirit in the church and responding to it by blessing it and supporting it. And so this was one of many other ecclesial movements with different charisms and different methodologies, et cetera. And so it was through our involvement with that organization at that time, which our families connected. And that's, you know, kind of how we started from Prince Edward Island in Chicago. We uh, overlapped, yeah. right? Some volunteer did, years, yeah, missionary years. With his sister, he went to school with my brother. So we knew each other, but vaguely. And then... It wasn't, I did uh, eight missionary years actually. And then when I left, I had, uh, it was a consecrated life. So I had never thought that there would be marriage in my future at all. And then when I discerned out of that, um, God told me very clearly in a moment of prayer, right before I left, I was in front of an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Don't be afraid if it happens very fast. And I actually had to ask him if what happens very fast. And he said, your husband, he's waiting for you. That's going to make me. Oh, that is so beautiful. Eight years consecrated? Yes, I was. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, one of the gifts that we received from our time involved with that movement was this Christ-centered desire to do something with our lives, right? To use it for his glory, right? And that's amazing, right? Yeah. And I think that it speaks also to many of, like you said, the parents and grandparents who we want and we desire this goodness for our children. And Many, many people may know the history and what has happened since our involvement with the Legionaries of Christ and the and the Reagan Christie movement, right? But what solidified and steadied us through all of those waves and our, our no longer involvement actively there was our parents and their desire to steward us and to produce fruit and the Holy Spirit then responding to those good desires, right? You know, we, there's no perfect program. There's no perfect church, right? right? We're a very human institution, right? And there are lots of mistakes that happen and there are lots of flawed individuals, but it's solidified in us. And I hope that it solidifies us all the way to heaven in this core identity and this core relationship with the, with a personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. So here's my fun Legionaries of Christ story. So I, I was studying in the seminary and, mm -hmm. and my, uh, after I graduated from college, went to graduate school at the North American College. So I was yes. in the seminary there in Rome. And we Americans would have over other colleges to play against in yes. basketball, okay. basketball or <laughs> yes, soccer. Yes. And so the Legionaries of Christ, we'd sometimes have them come and play. Yes. And they had this bus. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd come over together and they would all dress the same. Yeah. Yes. Same t-shirt, yes. the same shorts. Yes. And we'd be there with all our wild gear yes. on. And on their bus ride, they were required to read a book and not look out the window. So they would be 
driven from their seminary to the Angelicum where they studied. And we would be walking down the, the same street, the Via del Corso, and the bus would go by and we'd try to get their attention. <laughs> and they would have to look and they couldn't. <laughs> we were bad. Those things have even changed and evolved as they've, they've yeah. grown in their maturity yeah. and run that organization. How many days, months? Um, I left Consecrated Life in June. There was a large conference put on by the same organization in July. The end that of I July. was helping run. And it was four weeks between my departure and going to that conference, at which point we both attended a black and white ball. He literally swept me off my feet dancing. Not purposeful. No romantic intention on yes. either side because my, after everything I'd gone through in high school with, you know, uh, I was so flirtatious. I really was craving, like, the, I had so much restlessness. I craved all of the love and affection of all these boys. My When I left Consecrated Life, I was afraid that I was going to fall back into that because that's how I knew how to live outside of Consecrated Life. So I made this resolution that I would guard my heart and not be flirtatious. So my, I was just joyful and normal. And that was a really healthy approach because... Then we were able to like reconnect and we had known each other, but again, barely. She had volunteered with my hello. sister, mm -hmm. right? So I saw her and I was, and I also had a sister who was formerly consecrated, right? And, and my thought was in charity, like I want to, I want her to have a healthy experience of what it is. And so I, and I didn't invite her to dance. It was a very long right. dance of the night. I was exhausted, right? And a little and grumpy. You hadn't eaten. I was very grumpy. <laughs> Said to him, Thomas, it's the last dance of the night. Aren't you going to dance? And I happened to be next to him. Oh, yes. I had already had the thought. So I grabbed her hand and pulled her out onto the dance floor. She proceeded to laugh. Yeah. That's what it's I did. not hysterically, but very close. Yeah. The entire dance. <laughs> Barely dance. And what I'm thinking is... I never thought I would ever dance again because I gave that to God. When you enter into a consecrated life, you're not going to dance. So in my mind, I'm like, I can't believe that I am permitted, like the goodness of God and the joy that he placed in my heart that I get to dance. And he was the steward of that, right? He was the one who just, and he was telling me all these moves. Like he would, <laughs> this is where you need to put your hand because if a guy gets fresh with you. Guys have changed in the last eight years. So all the girls had wanted to dance with him all night because you're really, really good. Ballroom dancer. Oh, go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so Thomas and Christina were getting to know you guys. Yeah. And I want to shift it to House of Royals because mm -hmm. you do have a mission. And that mission is to become saints through your marriage, through your family. But you also have a, a sense of mission to help elevate a Catholic atmosphere in the home. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's a beautiful mission. It's something that Carrie and I pay attention to because of Carrie. She has such a sensitivity to the environment mm -hmm. and the way that it will uh, advance and promote our faith. We do. It's very evident. It's even walking into your home. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's let's hear about House of Royals. So what is that all about, and how are you accomplishing the good through it? Yeah. You summed it up very well. The mission is really to communicate to people their deepest identity that's already there, that needs to be awakened, that they are a royal child of God. Do you want to build off of that? When we first when we created? had our first daughter, several 
you know, nine or whatever it was, 12 months into our marriage, 13 or 11, I can't even remember. <laughs> but we Basically, were consumed with this desire. Them. We wanted to surround her with messages that would communicate her dignity. We realize in the world today, there are so many messages that just are counter that message, mm -hmm. right? And we all look for our identity. It's a temptation to look for our identity and seek it outside of ourselves, whether it be in influencers, social movements, political parties, mm -hmm. we're all looking for something that validates. And what like St. John of the Cross would say is that there's this deep chasm inside of ourselves that is never going to be filled until it's actually God or Augustine, as you mentioned earlier, right? We're all restless until we rest in God. And even those of us that have the upbringing that we've been given, mm -hmm. that have the sacraments, that have Christ, we're still bombarded on a daily basis with anti-messages to and that they identity. they pray on your identity. They and do. They, they don't pray on your identity. That's what they're going for. They pray on your questions. Mm -hmm. yes. Because we are a walking question as humans. We're asking, who am I? Why am I here? And if you don't have that answered from God of who you are, then there is a lineup of really ferocious companies, brands, ideologies, you name it. They're there to capitalize on answering that for you. And they can tell you, and they're going to make money off of telling you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, and what I found so distinctive about uh, House of Royals and how you describe it is you rarely say, we're here to promote the dignity of those Catholics and the children and the families that we're serving, but we're here to promote the royal dignity mm -hmm. the royal dignity it shows up again and again and again and and when you say that it 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 kind of stopped me it's like mm -hmm. whoa wait a minute dignity is a word that you hear quite a bit yes but royal dignity immediately associates you with the king yes with the one who is yes. majestic with yes. the one who reigns over all yes and so to foster a sensitivity to one's royal dignity Helps us remember, wait a minute, you're part of the family of God. Yes. Your dad owns everything. Yes. Amen. Things. Amen. And we ought to support, promote, and foster that atmosphere that says, don't ever betray not just your dignity as a human being, but your royal dignity. Yes as yes. a child of the king. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And we need to have that attitude that is supra above everybody else's or every other lie. Like that. that word, supra, supra. That's good. Right? That's awesome. It's above it. Because, you know, in the Gospels, Christ tells us that you will do greater things than I in my name, right? So that's yeah, not... Do we really believe that? Do, do we, we really believe it? Do we really, be right? do we really see that? Yes. Do we really see yes. doing greater things? It's time, Lord. Yes. Yes. Let's see the greater Amen. things. Continue, please. Amen. And so in that light, when we talk about the concept of royalty, we all intuitively understand, oh, the royal family. We have images, these great human images of royal families, right? What do we think of them? Well, they're chauffeured around, they have servants, but they walk and they speak and they command with authority over all of their countries, over their area of reign. And that's what we are called to participate in, like you just said, in the royal, royal office of Jesus Christ, our, our sovereign king, right? And he he mandates 
that we go out and do that. And so when we're looking at these messages and everything that might be thrown at our children and thrown at ourselves, we're given the authority to command it out, to cause it to cease and desist in the name of Jesus. And these reminders that we are trying to put into people's homes are very simply trying to tell them, do that. Mm-hmm. And don't just do it once, but do it always, right? And and the, the path of sanctity is a path of perseverance, mm-hmm. right? It's keep going, no matter what gets thrown at you, right? The counterfeit, the deceptions, those are all lies. So I love it. I'm going to be very concrete here. And that is, I'm going to hold this very beautiful crystal aqua sacra. So this holy water um, container, this vessel that contains epiphany water, that's super special and uh, i love it because it's a beautiful decanter that all by itself is gorgeous it's attractive and it's conveying that there's something precious inside there's something valuable that is worth promoting advancing and displaying Mm -hmm. and i when i first saw that it was my favorite product. Okay. When we went online to houseofroyals.com and we were looking, I'm like, oh, I want that. Yes. <laughs> and and why is that? Because right. I showed you guys where yes. we keep our epiphany water. Yes. Yes. It's in the emptied yes. out gallon water jugs. Yes. It was very plastic. Yes. It's all I guess you need one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but and when I think about the difference between uh, having holy water held in reserve in a plastic jug, mm. it, it, there's a mismatch mm-hmm. right. between yes. the container and what's contained in it. Yes. And this co- is a greater correspondence. Yes. It's fitting. It's harmonious. Yes. And that's, it's beautiful. Yes. Right? I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to share something very, it's related to what you're saying and, and a little bit random from what I would normally share. But one of the things that really struck us about our royal dignity as we began to delve into what what is the implication of that is that the human is the pinnacle of all of God's creation. And yes, we've been marred and fractured, but in our likeness of Jesus Christ that we've been baptized into adopted child, we get to walk across creation just like Adam and Eve did and take the elements of creation and dignify them. It always really strikes me. Imagine, I know this kind of adds like a personalism or to an element that's inanimate, but just imagine the buttresses, the wood and the metal and the, and the concrete and et cetera, elements that were dignified to make Notre Dame Cathedral compared to the sidewalk, right? Or just being, staying on a tree. The Christmas tree that we cut down and bless in our home, we are in charge of telling all of creation which one glorifies God. They all glorify God just by their existence, right? Yes. But we get to dignify them and say, and in scripture, I I wish I could remember it right now because I want to prove it. But in scripture, it says that all of creation will rise up for the children to serve the children who are following God. And I just felt like everything with House of Royals was that was part of my call as a craftsman. One of my gifts as craftsman, I was in charge of going around and saying to that alabaster, you have been consecrated to be a candle, but you're not just any candle. I'm going to get, see, (laughs) I'm emotional because it's my gifting, right? Um, You are being consecrated, not just like any other candle, but you are being consecrated to be 
for the prayers of the royal children, right? And even if your royalty as a human has been obfuscated or marred or you've sinned, it still exists. Like it's there, it's inherent to you. So let's say you don't feel worthy of praying with a fancy prayer candle that, you know, well, I'm not acting very royal. That doesn't matter. You still are, right? So this is, and anything can do that. Like we get to decide what we bring to be blessed, to be offered to God, to serve us in this way. It doesn't have to be a house of royals. And so our intention is to bring whatever we can into people's lives that'll do that, Yes. you know? Yes. That is so powerful. I'm Carrie. I'm thinking a salt shaker. All the way up, Carrie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For the, all the oil that we get. Yes. 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 Oil. Yes. Holy oil. Totally. Yes. I don't know. And maybe one of your listeners is is somebody who's called to do something like this. And that's why I need to share it. Yes. But I, like, do amazing. say yes and do it. Create something. Well, this has been in our home and our kids have been drawn to it. And they've yes. been fiddling with it. And they're like, what? Is, and, and just this whole idea. And. Your whole messaging is so powerful because it's not something that lives in us like a uh, regular conversation, but I can tell it lives in you mm-hmm. and in your family mission. Yeah. And Thank I just want to take that on and claim that and know yes. it in the depth of my heart. So that's beautiful. Well, the dignity. dignity of image to likeness is about going from the natural yes. to the supernatural, yes. from the created to the recreated. Yes. And I, I it actually, what I thought of, was when you, Christina, talked about how we take creation and then we do something with it that glorifies God. It's the difference between the Garden of Eden, uh, which is in Genesis at the beginning, Mm -hmm. the first three chapters, and what happens at the end of Revelation is not a return to the Garden, but the coming down of the new Jerusalem. And the Jerusalem is what? It's about human cooperation. And so we have, we're part of what God brings ultimately out of, out of existence is something that involves his creative hand at work through us. That's amazing. And so I think that wow. that's a beautiful way of describing what House of Royals is doing through something like this Aquasacra, mm-hmm. the holy water uh, container, um, and then the beautiful candles and the other uh, items that you'll find in houseofroyals.com are all items that say, let's take what God has created, and let's elevate it for His purposes. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. drtomcurran.com. That's Thomas and Christina Yep with us today, and they're telling their story as part of this new series on the Benedict Option Lived. We are running out of time, so are there um, any final uh, comments or thoughts that are on your mind for right now? Carrie? Well, you want? I just, the Benedict Option, mm-hmm. I just, yes. how did you end up in Port Lane? Oh, did yeah. you come and visit and check it all out? How did God call you? Just in the shortness of the time left, I just, how did you end up here? A professional contact 
uh, put us in touch with a, a gentleman who was living in Boise at the time. He and his wife were there, but they had grown up in Coeur d'Alene. We had heard about Coeur d'Alene, but we had never actually come to visit it. Uh, and so, you know, some human things happened at where we were living in L.A. that signaled to us that this was the time to move. Basically, our landlord said, can we end your lease? Because our mother passed, our mother passed away. And he had just said, I want to hear from God directly. No more of this. Christina's telling me God yeah. is calling us. He said this Friday morning, we went to our holy hour, walked out of holy hour. The landlord called and said, I'm so sorry. Our mother died. Would you like to buy or move out? And would you do it really quickly? And so, so in three weeks, we packed up our entire house. We sold the car. We drove on with all of our kids in one car and all of the other, all of our belongings in a U-Haul and came up here. So I don't think- was a specific oh, choice because amazing. we wanted something that was nature, right? We wanted yes. something and I wanted to stay by the ocean. So I was, I was gunning for the Carolinas, but I actually had a dream. I had a dream that God showed me. I don't have to get into the whole thing, but he showed me, you wouldn't be very happy in stickiness with bugs and humidity. <laughs> and he said, I think you need to entertain somewhere else. And but people told us there's only <laughs> here. There's growing faith, and you need that, to come up and experience it. And so, and you we know, were like, what do we have to lose? We were I put mean, in touch with you know a friend of ours to look at a possible rental, and he, as we called him, he said, "I can't talk to you. I'm actually walking into adoration. Can I call you back?" And we're like, "Okay." And so um, we've been here ever since, and really, really loved it. We've been so grateful. So Those so grateful. Have become our best friends like you know all of those connections the iron sharpens iron and we're finding friends yes so many best friends you will not be alone it's amazing we were alone for so long yes praise god for that well i the messages i come away with are you have to be open yes you have to trust yes and you've got to be willing to do the difficult yeah so that whole entrepreneurial spirit that was so alive in you guys i think god used that to be able to then Free you to be able to say, yeah, you know what? If it's three weeks, it's three weeks. We've got to go. Yes, that's that's not an ordinary thing. So I think yeah. that God has really blessed you and graced you to be able to say, the life that we were living was preparing us for yeah. the step that He asked us to take. Yes, I think that's so important for folks to know yeah. that the Lord's not going to ask too much of you, but don't discount what too much actually means. It's probably more than you imagine uh, that when the Lord stretches us, he will stretch us in ways that go beyond what is typical. But this is the time in which we're living. We're going to have to go beyond what is typical. So, well, Thomas, Christina, yep, thank you so much for taking time thank to you. share your story. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. that Benedict Option lived. Let's go Praise and God. check out houseofroyals.com. Uh, to learn more about these amazing products to help enhance the Catholic environment in your home.